This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Talk a lot, a whole Shabbos, a lot of chizik. We spoke a lot, hashkafa. And I think there's something else that we need just to to talk about for a moment, especially by the the, the preda to have in mind. Everybody goes to Rebbe's, to the Mukubalim, for schoolers, for brachos. A lot of people go for brachos. Mission in Pirkeiavos, in Peregimel, Mission in Zion. If Chalafta ben Doisi is Kvarch and Anya Oimer, Asara Shiyashim Oiskin Torah. Ten people who are learning Torah. Shchina Shri Benayim. I feel Chamisha. There was five, it's Aguda Salaris Isada, Avil Shlaisha, the Karavalikim Yishbait in the middle, so that means there's three. Umanayin, how do we know that the Shina Shruya, if there's two people learning? Shinama Oz Nidburu Yire Hashem Ish Oreho. Vayakshev Hashem, he listens, Vayiva Yishma, he listens. Minayin Afilachat. What about a person who's learning Taira by himself? We know that the Shechina Shruya Shinaba Bechol Hamakam Asha Askira Shemi everywhere, Hakadosh Baruch Hu says everywhere that my name is mentioned. How many times over this Shabbos, with Hakadosh Baruch Hu's name mentioned, Hakadosh Baruch Hu guarantees Avay Elecha, I will come to you, Uberach Ticha, and I will bench you. A guaranteed bracha from Hashem is when a person learns Torah. I don't know how, I didn't go to the other speakers, but we definitely spent a lot of time on Hashkafa, other things, Shalom Bayis, Chinuch. But everyone here needs to know that learning Torah is the biggest bracha of all. And that we need to leave here not only taking on things in Ruchnius, in Hashkafa, in Tzniyus, and other things, but specifically the men, you have to leave here, you want to be gebenched, you have to make a seder to learn Torah every single day, maybe a little extra Torah than we learned before. I want to tell you over a story that I know is true, from Ashmur Birnbaum, Olav Shalom, my Rosh Hashiva, Mir Yeshiva, my Rosh Hashiva. He was known as the Masmid of the Dar. Rosh Hashiva used to sit from morning to night and learn. He was my Masada Kedushin, and he told me I can't be in Masada Kedushin unless it's after Seder. Eight o'clock Seder was over, then I can come, but I can't stay because we have night Seder. He was learning all the time. There was a younger Kylo person, and his wife became very sick. She was stage four cancer. And this Kylo, younger man, not younger man, actually, he, he was already in Yeshiva 40 years, his whole life. He was sitting in yeshiva and learning. He came to Rosh Hashiva. He said to Rosh Hashiva, listen, I, I, I'm, 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 he was like the mayor, I'm here 40 years. And the only reason I could be here 40 years was because my wife supported me. She took care of everything. Rosh Hashiva has to do it in my face. She's stage four. You have to do something. I can't, I can't continue learning if I don't have her. Rosh Hashiva said to him, they said this story over by, by the Shiva. Rosh Hashiva said to him, listen, he was very litvish. He said, I'm not a rabbi. I'm not a makobal. 
I don't do my sin. I sit and learn. But the the Kailu, he said, you have to, you don't do my sin, but you have to do something here because they're saying Shimamish has only a short time. You have to do something. He's talking this. He's like the one of the the support the, the supports of Mir Yeshiva. This this Kailuman. I'll see what I can do. Three days later, he gets a phone call from Sloan Kettering that there is something they're trying in Belgium, some kind of new chemo, whatever it is. And being that his wife is stage four, if she wants to go, she's invited her and 19 other women. And she went, of course. Ten of them got a placebo. Ten of them got this new chemo. And out of the ten that got the new chemo, three of them, it mamish turned the, turned the whole tumor, shrunk it, turned it all the way around in the whole body. And this, this woman was totally, totally healed. So it was like a year later. So he comes to the Rosh Hashiva and he says, they just did the test and the CAT scan, PET scans, all the different scans. And Lamaisa didn't come back. She's just saying that it's a miracle. What did the Rosh Hashiva do? It's a true story. It seems to be you are a Rebbe. A literature Rebbe, but you're a Rebbe. Rashiva said, no, 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 whatever. I daven, I daven. He said, no, 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 Rebbe, Rashiva, what did you do? So this is what he said to him. He said, I, I, don't, I don't really want to talk about it. He said, I'll tell you what I did. When you walked away from my shtenda, I looked at my Gemara. There was a machlik between Abai and Rav. I said, Abai and Rav, I talk to you almost every day. Every day we talk. Talk to Abaya, I listen to what you have to say. I talk to Rav, I listen to what you have to say. We have, we schmooze. I never asked you for anything all these years. I have a boy, I have someone in my, in my yeshiva who also talks to you every day. He's not going to be able to talk to you so much if his wife is not going to be here anymore. He wants to talk to you more. Go to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and beg that it should turn around. He says, I don't think it's me that did it, but Lemaisa... Baruch Hashem. Learning Torah, and we were talking about just now before, Baba Ava, learning Torah to Rosh Hashiva, he wasn't learning Abayah and Rava, he was talking to Abayah and Rava. So when you learn Torah, you're talking to Moshe Rabbeinu, you're there in Mitzrayim, you're there by Matan Torah, you're there, everything that you're learning, you're there, it's not a subject, it's one of the things I'm talking about, I can't get it through for some reason, I spoke about the Aguda Convention. I speak about it all the time. Torah is not a subject. I don't even know if you should be Faher. You may not all agree with me, but Faher is a test. Because Baruch Hu did not, on Matan Torah, say, I'm giving you a subject, a new subject. You should study. You should memorize it. You should get a test on it. It's not what Torah is today. It's competition. It's school. We kill the kids more, more, more because the other yeshiva is doing it. It's a subject. And they hate it. Because it's no longer life. Torah is life. And Shavuos HaKosh Baruch Hu gave us Chayim. Eitz Chayim. L'machazikim ba. Not Eitz subject. L'machazikim ba. It's life. And as parents and rabbis, we have to bring it back to life. Kids say to me, I'd rather take biology. Biology, if I pass... I can become a doctor. I can do something with it. But if I don't Mishlei, what am I going to do with that? 
they, they're learning it as a subject. They don't see the beauty. For Shishiva's like, I'm talking to Abaya Rava. And, and I'm telling them that, listen, this guy wants, this, this buckle wants, this, this man wants to talk to you more. So like, make it work. He, he's living in the Gemara. He's living in the Chumash. He's living in the Tyra. This lotion of, I did the daf. That sounds like you just wanted to be putter. I learned the daf. I did the daf. Are you doing the daf? Oh, I'm doing the daf too. And chash v'shalom, that the, the, the one with the maggot shear who gives the daf in the morning, if he goes one minute over an hour, he's, 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 he's gone. And we look for the guy who, who does it in 45 minutes. Coffee, piece of cake, in the bathroom. 20, Baruch Hashem, I can tell everyone I'm doing the daf. Are you doing the daf? Are you talking to the Tanami? Are you talking to the Maram? Are you talking to Rashi? When you prepare for Shabbos and you're learning Chumash, are you talking to Rashi? Is Rashi talking to you? Or is it a subject? And it's the same thing with the girls. It's a subject. Shabbos is a subject. Lama Tesmolachos is a subject. Elim Metzias is a subject. I want to ask you all something. You're going home to your kids. If you're gonna, if you're, if it's gonna be a subject, if Akash Baruch Hu gave us a subject on Shruis, they don't want a subject. They want life. Torah is life. Torah is beautiful. A bracha is life. I have to make an ashiyata. Do I have to, Ma, do I have to make a boyer priyate? I have to make a boyer priyate? No, you don't have to make a boyer priyate. You want to make a boyer priyate. Cause that apple is delicious. And you can connect that apple to Akash Baruch Hu. You don't have to say ashiyata. You want to say ashiyata. But if you don't make it beautiful, then to them it's not beautiful. If you tell them that it's beautiful, but to you it's not beautiful. I do not leave my house in the morning. I do not leave my house in the morning. I stand by the mezuzah. Because Baruch is my witness every single morning. And I put my hand on my mezuzah, and my family knows this. I'm doing this for a long time. And I close my eyes. And I put my hand on the mezuzah, Right now it's warm, in the winter it's freezing, it's a silver mezuzah. And I'm like, Kurdish Baruch Hu, thank you so much that I can feel. My fingers are computers. With my eyes closed, I can tell you something is hot, if something is cold. I can tell you the shape of the object. These are little computers. I can tell you if they're soft, I can tell you if it's hard. Chas Shalom, a person has a stroke. You know when a person has a stroke, you know how they test him? They take a needle, and from the top of his neck, they start, left side, right side, they start sticking the needle in to see if he feels it. And the family is standing there, and what do you hope the most? What do you want the most? You want him to say what? Ow! Because if he says, ow, he can feel. We tell him to rehab for months to feel, and you... You can put your hand on a mezuzah. You don't need no needles. You can feel. I love you. Thank you so much that I can feel. Thank you so much that I can smell. Sometimes the garbage truck Monday, Tuesday, not so good Monday, Thursday. But even that's unbelievable that you can smell something that's not good. How do you know that you don't want to waste your coffee? So you don't want to pour the milk in and have all those white things swimming on top. So you smell it. And if it's sour, you pour it out. So the ability to smell something that's not good is also a good thing. You smell something, you walk around. Because Baruch Hu, I can smell. If you have a stuffed nose and allergies and your nose is stuffed, what happens when you eat food? You don't taste it. If you can't smell, you don't taste. Thank you, Hashem, I can smell. The only 
the only one of the five senses that by the Eitzat, by the Eitzadas, it wasn't Pagum. She didn't smell the tree. She touched the tree. She tasted from the tree. She looked at the tree. She listened to the, to the snake. The only thing that wasn't Pagum, says the Bnei Soska, was smell. And that's why Matzei Shabbos, when you lost your Neshama, what could fill the void of the Neshama Yisera? The one thing that wasn't Pagum, and that's Bissamim, that's smell. Shabbat thank you, I could smell. Thank you, I could hear. I spoke in Montreal to a school of children who are deaf, who never heard music, who never heard a bird, who never heard anything. To live in a world of silence? Baruch Hashem, Baruch I can hear. Thank you that I can feel and I can hear and I can smell. Thank you that I can taste. I just had a coffee. Thank you that I can taste because food without taste is the curse of the Nachosh. That's the curse of the nachash, that it tastes like afar. Your tongue, you can taste, you eat something, the beginning taste, the end taste, depending on what kind of restaurant you go to, what kind of, or how well your wife cooks, right? Sometimes it all tastes the same, sometimes it doesn't, right? You have the koyach of being able to taste. And the biggest one, suma, is considered like a mace. I'm not blind. You open your eyes and you see colors and shapes. And you start your morning thanking Hashem for your five senses. How could you have a bad day? I happen to have outside my house planted lemongrass and mint. And I go down before I get into my car. And I take of it, I take the mint and I squeeze it and I make a bayri isbe besamim. How could I have a bad day? I'm waking up. I'm connected. I'm besimcha. Taira is life. You need to go home and you need to make Torah to your children that it's life. My daughter, she came late to school and she was in high school and they punished her that she has to write 10 kapitlach to Hillam. They gave her which 10? She came home and she told me, this is my punishment. I went straight to the school and I said, what are you doing? One day my daughter's going to need to say to Hillam for someone's sick and she's going to be like, why are you punishing me? Why should I say to Hillam? Dabba Melech wrote to Hillim to punish kids. And then he had a real bad day. So you know what he did? He wrote Kush Kufutes. <laughs> so I'll teach them a lesson. Aleph through tough. You all were here a whole Shabbos. You had such love. You ran to every single speech. You stayed up till 2 o'clock at night. You sh- five o'clock, I'm sorry. <laughs> some stayed up till five. Some didn't even go to sleep. You're running to every single shear. You drank it like water. It's amazing. I'm on a lot of Shabbatones. There's no Shabbaton on a Sunday that anyone is here past 10 o'clock. They're gone. To be in this room full like this. <laughs> so, so you have the simcha. You have the simcha and you have the love. The problem is that by the time you get back home, it starts to go away. And you need to grab it and you need to, you need to hold on to it. Don't let it go. Remember how you went from one share. Okay, where are we going? Which one are we going? Remember that in two days from now. When you hear there's a share for Shavuos and you're like, eh, I can't go. I'm too tired. You weren't tired. Remember that, that, that beauty and that curiosity and that anxiousness to get close to our Kodesh Baruch Hu. The Torah in this, this Shabbos, the Torah and Avayda that was in this Shabbos was not... A subject. It was life. And you need to carry that on 
and to keep that life. So I want to end and give the Rav a chance to speak. Even we're going back to life, we're going back to the real world, and there's a lot of different challenges. Never, ever give up. One of the things about working with kids that are at risk and parents and adults and people that are going through terrible, terrible situations is that you see the strength of people to come back and to hold on. You see that unbelievable strength. I want to tell you a short little Zoyar. I was in Alaska. I went away to Alaska. One of my dreams. I'm very... I, I wish I'd be like Rav Shmuel Birnbaum. I'm not there yet. You know, when I learn Rashi, I don't feel like I'm talking to Rashi. I don't know if he wants to talk to me right now because I shaved during Sphere. I'm not sure. I'm not going to let go of that. Don't worry. But I didn't shave till after Lagboy. So I don't shave in Sphere. But whatever. I'm not going to get into it. But, so I'm not sure if Rashi wants to talk to me. Maybe I'll talk to Unclus. Okay, we'll see. So I'm, I'm in Alaska. My, my dream was to, I'm, I'm sorry, I connect to Akash through Bria. Through his Bria, it's, it's not ridiculous. Since I'm a little kid, I, I, you know, Erev Shabbos, I go to the fruit store. I've been buying Shabbos since I'm 16 years old. And I go through the fruit store and I stand there, and I'm sure no one else does this. I stand there and I just look at all the different fruits. And I'm like, Hashem, why do I deserve this? Like, you could have made an apple and an orange, and that would have been it. You decided to make a banana, but you wanted to make it cute in that weird shape. And then you, you made an apple, and every single fruit is a different shape for me. What do you do? What do you do for him? Did it for us. You could have created two apples. You created five, ten different apples, delicious and red delicious and, and green apples. And all, all these different things. And I, I just sit in that fruit store. I'm like, strawberries and blueberries, different. everything's a different shape. Everything's a different color. Some things look terrible on the outside. They're delicious on the inside. Some things look delicious on the outside. They're not so delicious on the inside. Right? Especially those, those Rosh Hashanah Shachianos. <laughs> I don't know where they came up with that stuff. And it's a museum. It's a museum. It's like, why, why do I deserve this? All these different fruits, right? People are in, they're in, they're out. The Mexican, they order it. They don't even go to, they don't even shop for Shabbos. The Mexicans shop for shop, Shabbos. I don't know, they don't have a mitzvah. Maybe in Mexico there's a mitzvah to keep Shabbos because they seem to be doing all the deliveries for Shabbos. I'm in Baro Park. I work in Baro Park. It's like they know more about Shabbos than we do. Like, it's unbelievable. Go, go buy the fruit yourself. The cup of Shabbos is So I buy by this Korean guy. I buy the five different stores because every different store has different what I need. Right? But with one Korean guy that I buy a lot of stuff, and every time I take an apple, potato, onion, whatever I do, look how it's kosher, it's great. So he tells everybody that all the fruit in his store is kosher. <laughs> and I explained to him that all fruit and vegetables are kosher. Don't be ridiculous and put a sign up that your fruit is kosher. He says, no, but, but you bless every fruit. You make it kosher. <laughs> I'm like, okay, then send me a check. Maybe you have to make fruit kosher. Maybe we can get a business going. And I go to the flower store. Ah, flower store. Wow. Flower store. Not only they all look different, they all smell different. Those purple flowers for shvuas, that smell. Wow. Hashem, how do you do that? How do you put smell in a flower? It's coming out of the dirt. The dirt doesn't smell. The green part doesn't smell. Just the top smells. How does that work? Why would you do that for me? So I go to the same flower store every single Friday, and I buy my tulips, whatever it is. I know all the different birds of paradise. I want to show off. I know all the different flowers, and I'm look, I walk through the store, and I mamish look at every flower. I'm like, you did this for me? Wow. 
And one, I usually go at 11 o'clock because I buy flowers for my girls in my high school who are never, not, most of them are not from and they don't keep Shabbos. So my connection to them is to give each one a rose. And I'm like, this is for Shabbos. And if you can't take it home, give it to your mother. So I do give it of aim. Plus it's a connection to Shabbos. And many girls who graduated, they say, Rabbi Wallstein, the most, the thing I miss the most about BCA is that you bring me flowers for Shabbos. I bring them flowers. Pomegranate gives me a free thing of chillant. It was a myth all my life that women don't eat chillant. Within three minutes, kishka chillant's all gone. Maybe you have to be off the derech to like shulant if you're a girl. I'm, like, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But they clean it out. It happens to be, I want to just say in front of all of you, the, most, the unbelievable praise of Klai Yisrael. So I do this every week. And one week, there's a lady there. So he takes the roses and he wraps each one in cellophane because each girl gets a single rose, which got me nine years ago in trouble because the first time I did it, a girl put all over the internet, Rabbi Wallerstein bought me a rose. That wasn't so good. She forgot to write for Shabbos. So I, I, I now give it to the teacher to give to them. I don't need them writing that I, that I bought them a rose. But anyway, it's a big thing. Anyway, so this lady asked me, oh, you sell roses? Because they're packaging each one. So probably I'm selling them for $2. I said, no, I have these high schools. They're not from whatever it is. Fine. I told her, she goes, that is so nice. The next week I come to the store. I buy my two dozen roses. It's $30, 15 a dozen. And I opened my wallet. He goes, no, no, no. No, mister. No. Already paid. Here's a note. Okay? Have a note. Rabbi Wallstein, it's unbelievable what you're doing. Could you please, I paid for your flowers this week. Could you please have in mind, Lezech and Nishmas, my father. Okay? Two weeks ago, somebody from Montreal, who listens to my shiurim, who knows what I do, calls up. No, he actually texts me. I have it on my phone. His credit card number. And he says, when you buy the flowers for the girl, charge it to me. Mikam Chayisrael. You understand? He doesn't even know who they are, whatever it is. Mikam Chayisrael. So I go at 11 o'clock, and then I go to school. But one week I came at 8.30 in the morning. There's two Flatbush ladies, and they're snoods, not looking very happy at all. Maybe they had just dropped off the kids. They weren't happy. And they take their flowers and they bring it to this Korean guy and they're like, is this fresh? Nasty. Really nasty. So, I don't usually talk to people. You know, I'm very quiet. <laughs> I don't react. So I walked over to them. I said, how could you be in such a mood when you're in Hashem's museum? I'm like, do you realize that if there was only one person in the world there would be just as many different flowers, maybe not as many, when Hashem created all these different flowers for Adam. I said, do you realize that if you were the only person in the world, all these different flowers Hashem created for you? Do you realize that all these flowers were created for me? The Korean guy, who doesn't, doesn't really understand English, that one goes, Oh, Rabbi, you buy all my flowers today? I'm like, no, I'm giving a speech. <laughs> then your children, then your children know that you love Shabbos, and then your children know that you love Hashem, and then they know that this is not a subject. This is life, and I want to be part of this life, and that's why you all came to Shabbos. You need to take it home. You need to take this home. And you need to change the world. I know you don't think you can change the world. 
but everybody could change the world, and everybody has this kayak. I'm in Alaska, and I'm watching the water, the ocean, and there's a Zayar that talks about the waves. And the Zayar says that every blade of grass has a malach, and every wave in the ocean has a malach. And what do they say to each other? He says that the wave that comes in against the beach, right? Why, why are there waves? Why are there waves? Anybody know why there are waves? Why are there waves? Why does Hashem create waves? Because the ocean, the world was covered with water, and then Hashem was mavdalit. So because the, before Bria, the whole world was covered with water, water wants to take over the world. It wants to take over all the earth, and it should be like before Bria. So the waves continuously come to take over the earth. So the wave comes, he hits the beach, he tries, and he gets pushed back. So the Zohar asks, why doesn't the Malach that got pushed back tell the Malachim that are coming in, it's not happening. We're not taking over the earth. Enough. Calm down, no waves. He says he does. The wave that's pushed out, that's going back into the ocean, tells the wave that's coming in, forget about it, there's a beach. It's not happening. And the Malach of the second wave tells the Malach of the first wave, just because you didn't make it has nothing to do with me not making it. And that's in the Bria of the world. Just because someone else can't do it doesn't mean that you can't do it. And every 20, no, not 20, it was every 8 seconds, there's another wave that says, I can do it. Another wave that says, I can do it. And another wave that says, I can do it. If a wave can say that, surely a human being can say that. Everyone in this room has the kayak. Just because someone else and your neighbor or whatever that's not working out doesn't mean that you can't do it. And I'll, I'll, I know I'm very late, and I, the rub will go over two o'clock feet. Don't worry about it. Let me just tell you, I want to end with this two seconds. There's a boy, and he was very going crazy, and he was very depressed. And he came to his Rebbe. He said, Rebbe, I'm anxious. I'm depressed. I need help. The Rebbe said, okay, come to my house. He figured the Rebbe would open a safe where he comes to the house. The Rebbe says, come to the kitchen. Doesn't take him to the study. He comes to the kitchen. He takes out three pots, and he fills them up with hot water. Boy's sitting there like, okay. He says, okay, listen, come here. He says, you see this potato? Peels it. He says, I'm putting this potato in the hot water. He goes, okay, Rebbe, I'm the kid with problems. He's not you. You seem to be, there seems to be something very wrong here. He says, no, no, I want to teach you a lesson. He says, you see this egg? This is raw. How do you know an egg is raw? Guys in yeshiva, how do you know an egg is raw? You spin it. If it, does, if it wobbles, it doesn't spin, you know it's raw. In Mir Yeshiva, we always spun the eggs. Why? Because the guys would take the science, hardball, softball, and switch it. And then you would like crack it to peel it, and it was a soap all day, it went all over you. So how did you know? We would spin it, we would know. That chef that we had in Mir, for some reason, she knew how to make an egg, that the outside, the white was hard, and the yellow was like creamy, the one that you don't eat, that's disgusting, right? So it's like half spun, half wobbled. Okay, so this was a raw egg. He shows him it's a raw egg, puts it in the second pot. Third pot of water, he takes coffee grinds, he puts it in the third, he covers them all. He says, sit down. He says, Rabbi, what are you doing? He says, give me a half an hour. Half an hour, they're sitting there. He says, you want to talk to me? You want to tell me anything? No. He says, okay, let's look at the first pot now. First pot had a hard potato. He sticks his fork into it, mush. He says, now let's look at the second one. Second one had a soft, bo- a, a raw egg. Now it's a hard boiled egg. He says, okay, Rebbe, I know, I, know, I know what happens when you put it in boiling water. He says, now let's go to the third pot. He takes off the cover. Wow, pot of coffee, a schmuck smell. He says, Rebbe, what do you want from me? He says, listen to me carefully. He says, there are three kinds of people in the world. He says, and the first part is the tough guy. He's strong. He's unbelievable. He tells everyone who has problems, don't worry. Hashem is going to help you. You're going to make it. He's giving everyone advice. He's strong. But then you put him in the hot water. You give him some tzaras. He becomes mush. 
For everyone else, he's a potato. But you put him in a little hot water, mush. He said, don't ever become that person. He says, the other person is so soft. I can help you. I'll take you to the hospital. I'll take you here. I'll do chesed. Right? But then all of a sudden, you put them in the hot water. I don't have time for anyone. I got to take care of myself. I got problems. I got this. They come from a very soft, nice person to a hard person who doesn't want to help anyone else. He says, don't become that either. He says, let's go to the third pot. He opens up the third pot. Smells amazing. He says, this is, what, this is what I want you to be. He says, let me tell you the difference between the three pots. In the first two pots, the tzaras, the hot water, changed the object. The tzaras changed the person. But in the third pot, the object changed the hot water. From water into coffee. He says, when you go through hard times... Don't let the hard times change you like the first two pots. You change the hard times. You change the water. You make it a reyach nichayach. And that's the kayach of everyone in this room. From this Shabbos, you have the kayach. Don't let the world, you agree, don't agree, chinuch is right, good, doesn't matter, doesn't matter. Don't let the world change you. You walk out of here today the third pot. I'm going to change the world. Have a good yontiv and have a tzloch and brach. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.